why would we generalize what God wants to personalize? Why would we just throw what we're walking through under one big label, you know, universal label of church hurt, when God wants to personally meet you where you are and be able to heal every hurt that you have experienced? Hey everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood Podcast is all about investing in every girl from every generation to live intentionally, lead confidently, and love generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone, we are back for part two of this conversation about church hurt. Yes, we are going there. Last week, we talked about the messiness and the beauty of biblical community and how to manage our expectations. Today, we're going to dive into what happens when your church hurt starts to impact your theology or your relationship with God and how to move forward toward healing. So let's dive in together. Okay, so we've got the heavenly phase, we've got the hellish phase, <laughs> and then we've got this holding the tension. I love it. And so I would love to just talk about how we do that, how we get there. So what are some do's and don'ts when we've been hurt in church? How do we really move towards healing? How do we live in this tension? Yeah, I have a couple. And of course, Pastor Julie, Pastor Chris, jump in if you have anything to add. But so do keep the circle small, mm-hmm. but process your hurts and doubts with a real life community. But the mm-hmm. circle should be small. It, yeah. it doesn't need to be 15 people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so seek advice from people who love and care about you and are for the church. They're mm-hmm. pro-church. Yep. We often say this in marriage. When I'm processing marriage, I need to be with people who are pro-marriage. Mm-hmm. I don't need someone who's going, yeah, you should... I'd give up on that guy, that joker. You know, we want somebody to challenge. So same is true. We want pro-church. We believe in the church. Who is it that we're listening to? That community, small community. Is it a lot of what you talked about at the top end of this, of the people who are having a lot to say in social media? Or is it the people that we're doing life with who are pro-church, pro-us, know us? Yeah, you can probably find about 100,000 people, you know, on Facebook or Instagram (laughs) that might come alongside Mm -hmm. the conversation. But is that where you should process? That's right. That's right. So don't, so that's the do. Don't seek advice from angry, hurt, destructive communities. Um, You you know, all of a sudden, if someone is not pro-church and this Mm -hmm. is not going to be a productive conversation. Conversation. You do need to have a conversation, mm-hmm. but it's not with someone who's about tearing down the church. It's right. about building and or other people. So do seek therapy if you need it. I think it's great to be so able to good. process in a, a, a neutral environment, a non-biased environment that you're able to be heard and process mm-hmm. through. But don't label everyone with mental health issues. Narcissists, that's a good one that's being thrown out to a lot mm-hmm. of people right now, mm-hmm. you know, is labeling things like that. And I would even avoid labeling things, whether it's a spiritual abuse or a church hurt. I would just deal with it, Mm -hmm. you know, get the therapy you need, get the counsel you need from the right people, but avoid trying to label a lot of things. And I would say do do invite Jesus into this and don't isolate. Mm -hmm. Don't don't isolate. I love what Pastor Lance says. He said, stop feeding on what is hurtful and start feeding on what is helpful. Wow, And it's so good. You know, I've I've had the privilege of walking out with people in my family with church hurt, people in congregation. And I find that I have found like three practices that I always come back to is trust God with your heart, trust him to deal with things. He will bring justice. And really, it's very important not to stay out of the lane of judging. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, Pastor Chris, that was great what you said when you were making maybe assessments that you didn't, and then you realized that wasn't true. I mean, really try to stay out of the place of judging or bringing justice. Yeah. 
Yeah. But allow God, trust God, and then don't don't rush the journey of healing. It takes mm-hmm. time. It takes time. You know, and sometimes when there's an interaction of forgiveness exchange, I often tell people, you know, we've had this forgiveness exchange, but it's kind of like being saved on Sunday. You walk through the prayer. You say, I received Christ, but the next day you want to live like the devil. Yeah. <laughs> you have to remind yourself what you did on Sunday. You know, it's like That's right. when there's forgiveness exchange, right. you have to remind yourself forgiveness was given and taken and treated. So it was a spiritual act. So I'm going to let this journey, mm-hmm. my feelings follow. And don't quit on God. Yeah. Don't quit on the church. Mm-hmm. He's the bride. Don't quit on her. Don't leave her at the altar mm-hmm. hanging. Stay with her. Mm-hmm. Make her strong and beautiful. I just, I love that. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. passionate about that mm-hmm. because I think. That's the way mm-hmm. that these things will be made right, right is if we all stick together and have the conversations that we need to have. Yeah, I love that. Those are so such great reminders of how to move forward mm-hmm. in healing. And you know, when you were talking about being careful about labeling people, mm. labeling situations, and no labels are limiters. Mm. Labels will limit, so and you want full healing. You don't want a limited healing. And so, I just wrote this down as you were talking, Lisa. That why would we generalize? what God wants to personalize. Mm, wow. Why would we generalize what God wants to personalize? Why would we just throw what we're walking through under one big label, you know, universal label of church hurt, when God wants to personally meet you where you are and be able to heal every hurt that you have experienced mm-hmm. so that you might walk around with some a little bit of scar tissue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of scarring. I've you know, I've got some scar tissue from from where I had my cycling accident mm-hmm. referred to earlier. And and there is, you know, I, I can feel it every once in a while when it's getting ready to rain. It's so funny. I get this tingling in my mm-hmm. shoulder. But it's just this little reminder. I don't feel the pain anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just this reminder of God's mercy and grace mm-hmm. in my life and how he delivered me. And I think that's what God wants to do. He doesn't want to heal you of somebody else's hurt. He wants to heal you of yours. And so just avoid labels and allow God to be speak personally to you. And Lisa, you hit on forgiveness. And I think it's really important when we're talking about church hurt. And again, some of you might have walked through some abuse, you know, that much more serious because what we're talking about, there's a spectrum here. Mm-hmm. But there are some principles that are true. And and I, I really believe that sometimes, again, in the church world, we diminish the process. We mm-hmm. diminish people's pain and the process that you have to go through. You know, we we say things like we hear the verse in Isaiah where it says that God throws our sin as far as the east is from the west and and that you're supposed to forgive and forget. Well, the truth is that's God, right? He he's God. And this, this it doesn't say that we're supposed to forgive and forget. It says that God does that. And it's metaphorical. I mean, what what the verse is talking about here is that he's an all-knowing God, but this is a metaphor that says he doesn't hold our sins against us, right? When we ask forgiveness. And the truth is, is that remembering can be helpful. It can be a helpful tool so that you don't get hurt and abused again in the same way. And yeah. so you can't forgive and forget. Forgiving is not forgetting, but forgiving is a process. And I I recently came across this because I realized that so many people feel so condemned because, you know, I forgive him, but why does that pain still come up? Well, the truth is, is that, again, forgiveness is like the I do, but then there is a process of walking through what it really means. And I really believe that sometimes we expect people to forgive too soon. Mm. And God can do a supernatural work and you can act in obedience and forgive, but there are stages to forgiveness much like grief. 
right? So in grief, there's denial, you know, that the many times when we've been hurt, we don't even admit we've been hurt. And so we live in the state of being hurt and we don't understand the impact it's having on us. Then there's anger. When you figure out, I have been living with this for so long (laughs) in denial and now you're angry, it's all their fault. Then there's bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Just like the stages of grief, we go through these things. If we can go through the stages and get to that place where you can accept, yes, I was hurt, but yes, I can apply God's grace to the situation. I can grow from it. I can be healed and the church can be stronger. And the truth is you're going to be triggered. And when you feel that come up again, this is not a notification to leave It's an invitation to allow God's grace into the situation. So a lot of times we are triggered and we want to bolt, but there's a process. It's not because you haven't forgiven. It's not because you haven't grown. It's because you're in a process. And this is so important as we we walk through this. And so I've seen the process of forgiveness played out in so many beautiful ways. Sometimes it takes longer if you've been through a traumatic situation, but I've seen God's word to be true in that situation. Yeah. Sometimes it's a shorter process, you know, if it's a if it's a smaller offense, but all of us can walk through that process together. So to move forward in healing, I think we have to allow the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've seen I've seen that play mm-hmm. out to be so true that we really can find forgiveness. And mm-hmm. oftentimes it that journey of healing happens in this small circle of trusted people. Pastor Lisa, like you were talking about before But one thing I think it's important to mention as you guys were talking about forgiveness is that journey to forgiveness, along with the circle of trusted people that you took on that journey with, I have I have seen and experienced being brought along on this journey. Um, And then somebody who was hurt found this beautiful redemption, this forgiveness story, but never circled me back in (laughs) on that part. (laughs) And so I was left with Mm -hmm. their grief and their hurt and their process of pain, but did not know that Mm -hmm. they have come to this beautiful Mm -hmm. forgiveness, this beautiful healing journey. Mm -hmm. And I've been left in the wake Mm -hmm. of their mess and didn't get to experience Mm -hmm. that beautiful journey that they got to experience. They never closed the loop with me. And so I was just thinking about how we walk through that journey of forgiveness. It's so important that we keep our circle looped in mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on where we're at and where we've landed mm-hmm. um, so they don't live in, they don't get to miss really out good. on the yeah. journey of forgiveness yeah. that you yeah. just talked about. Because tr- it can be infectious. Like right. that got on you. And so you had this like secondary yeah. church hurt. Like you're taking up the offense yeah. for somebody else. Right. And by doing that, it's like it just continues to spread this virus right. through the body. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. And you know, I, I am speaking on behalf of, of my generation. It really easy it's easy right now, to be honest. I don't know if you guys know. There's a lot of documentaries and podcasts and articles <laughs> swirling <laughs> around <laughs> online. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're all about these scandals with pastors and churches. And I think it can cause people to wonder what to make of these, right? Mm-hmm. What do I do with all of these? And and what actually does a healthy church look like? Mm-hmm. I would love if you guys could just speak to that. Yeah. Well, I think it's important, first of all, to note that um, there's a reason why there are no docu-series being made about faithful pastors with integrity. <laughs> um, they're not in the headlines because it won't sell. But you just need to know that statistically, there are far more yeah. mega church pastors that are faithful to their wives, that love their kids, that are leading with integrity than there are 
those that have not. And so I think a lot of times, especially in recent publicity, that the megachurch has gotten a really bad rap. And I think it's really important to put it into perspective that yeah. statistically speaking, there are more pastors that are leading with integrity, that love Jesus, that are doing amazing work that you know, that bringing people to find the hope of the world, and I just think that's a really important thing to note before yeah. we, you know, before we even jump into that. But but I think too that you know we talk a lot about the celebrity culture we live in. I'm not going to talk about celebrity pastors or or anything like that. But the celebrity culture that we're living in right now is is all about you know, hey, is Taylor Swift still dating? Him? Are they really together? The celebrity culture has allowed us to begin to make assumptions, mm. presumptions, judgments on people that we don't know. And we feel very justified because it is culturally very acceptable to think that we should know everyone's business and to be able to decide, you know, about them and make judgments on them. But the truth is that. It's not okay. It's not okay for us to, you know, to to actually speak things that are not true about celebrities first of all, about anyone. And when you when you equate that to what's happening in the church, there's a lot of pastors that you listen to on a podcast or on Instagram and it's very easy to translate what's happening in culture into the church world and think that this pastor that you've never met You've never been to the church. You've never sat down to dinner with them that you can make judgments and you can say things about them that if they're true or not, it really doesn't matter because scripture tells us that, you know, that we're not to lie. We're not mm-hmm. to slander that, you know, that, that we have to be careful with our words to be wise. And I think that that's what this culture has done. It's allowed us to think that we can be judgmental and have the right to be judgmental about people that we have never met before. And this is not the heart of mm-hmm. Christ. This is not the nature of Christ. And when we join into this, you know, it, the, the scripture tells us there's seven things that, that God detests. detests, right? He despises giving false reports and sowing discord in the family are two of them. Mm-hmm. And so when we do that, we are actually, when we give false reports or even believe the false reports, mm-hmm. that even if we think they're true, that mm-hmm. we, we're actually doing something that God detests. And when I think about when Christians join in this kind of activity in the body of Christ, what happens is it's like an autoimmune disease. And when you think about autoimmune disease, what the body does, it cannot tell the difference between healthy cells and, and a virus, the healthy cells that already exist in our body that are used to fight a virus that comes in, when our body can't tell the difference, it begins to attack itself and it begins to attack healthy cells and it begins to tear down the body. And I think that when we as believers, we start thinking that we can judge and thinking that we can say things about people that we've never met before that are in the body of Christ, then we're destroying ourselves from within mm. and we're tearing down the body. And I remember just recently there was a, an incident where it was all over Instagram of what another church pastor said about this church pastor, you know, really calling him out for some things. And someone was asking me, well, what do you think about this? And what do you think of it? Can you believe he did this? And, can, and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to wait until I hear what he has to say about the situation. And about three weeks later, you know, I got to hear what he said about the situation. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I'm so glad that I withheld, you know, even what I might have been feeling in that moment. My feelings are not the facts. And my mm-hmm. feelings do not give me the right to judge another person, you know, for for their actions. And I, I just think it's a very dangerous zone mm-hmm. that we enter into. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, as you were speaking, Pastor Julie, it made me just think about the an affinity loop. We just get on this loop like mm-hmm. that there is hurt or there is things that happen in church that we see that uh, that aren't right. Mm-hmm. And so then when you get into the cycle of talking about it, yeah. it, it actually festers it. And then it just, we just, it's like, who's going to yep. stop the affinity yep. loop? Who's going to stop? It's a weapon. Yeah. And so when, you know, when we start, an autoimmune disease starts mm-hmm. fighting against each other, we become weak and powerless and yeah. everyone loses. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. If you want to connect with some friends and dig deeper into the content from the podcast today, we've created a resource just for you. It's called Show Notes Plus. And Show Notes Plus gives you access to the notes from today's episode, discussion questions, key scripture verses, and links to additional resources, and even some devotionals. So make sure you click the link in our show notes so you don't miss out on the chance to dive deeper. I think as you were talking, I feel like the sense of responsibility that I have, that we have as leaders mm-hmm. of the church, is that I want I, there is accountability to my employer, Pastor Todd and Julie, mm-hmm. my senior leaders. Mm-hmm. But you guys are expecting and hoping that mm-hmm. my relationship with the Lord is so important to me as a person, mm-hmm. and that, that you're not worried about, am I growing? That our sense of responsibility mm-hmm. to grow in the depth of right. our relationship, understanding of biblical knowledge, also Holy Spirit dealing and me dealing with that immediately mm-hmm. to keep um, the integrous part, the strength of the church going. And so it um, to manage my own discipleship, mm-hmm. to manage my own relationships, to manage my decision making mm-hmm. and what I do, what I choose not to do, because I do know the impact of what it is, even though I'm not a celebrity pastor, I do have influence. Mm-hmm. I have influence Absolutely. in this area, yeah. mm-hmm. in this region. And to your point, Pastor Chris, it's like the people that are hurt and hung up over this kind of stuff, it actually, whether they're right or it does put a blemish mm-hmm. on the bride. And mm-hmm. I often call her Bridezilla. Bride's looking right. like Bridezilla right now. Love her. Love her. She's going to come back. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, what can we do to help her look like the bride again? And so what I can do mm-hmm. is draw the circle around me mm-hmm. and work on everyone in the circle yeah. and say, I'm responsible for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible to navigate when I'm hurt, but I'm also very responsible to navigate when I'm the person who hurt. And yeah. I am not beyond that. That's right. I have 20 Maybe. more years in ministry until mm-hmm. I'm dead that I probably am going to hurt someone again. But I would say it's not my intention. Yeah. But I want to come clean. I'm, and I've, I've said it to my kids in my own household, but even to younger leaders, or not even younger leaders, leaders mm-hmm. I co-labor with. It's like, I'm big enough. Yeah. I'm big enough. My shoulders are big enough. Mm-hmm. I want to live a life pleasing to God. Please tell me. Yep. It's okay. I can yeah. hear it. And so it's just like, what is our responsibility to make make the church strong and just live it out no matter what other people are doing? That's so good. And, you know, I think for someone out there, they might be you know, wondering what are some of the ways you can tell if there's a healthy church culture, right, where you can be safe. And again, disclaimer is that the church is made up of imperfect mm-hmm. people. Right. So not every situation is going to be handled perfectly. But I do think that, Lisa, you hit on it a little bit there, is that that there needs to be a culture of accountability mm-hmm. that yeah. the leaders are that all the leaders mm-hmm. are accountable to someone you know and for for Todd and me you know there, we we are highly accountable to our elders we have mentors in our life that we're highly accountable to and it's important that in every area of our life that every leader has some accountability and we even tell our, our team that works the closest to us and it's like hey if there is something in our lives that you see 
that is not, you know, that is not reflective of the culture of Christ and the culture of Christ fellowship, we not only ask you, but we expect you to be able to talk to someone about that. And we tell them who they can go to because we are not above reproach in any way. I think in a healthy church culture that you don't demand loyalty. Loyalty cannot be demanded. Loyalty is given and and loyalty is a very beautiful quality in a team and on a staff, but it can never be demanded that Mm -hmm. if you're not loyal to me, that somehow there is going to be some kind of spiritual consequence. That is manipulation Mm -hmm. and using your spiritual authority to control someone and what they do. One of the things we say a lot around here is that we're going to love people close, but we're going to hold them loosely, right? Because we understand that even though God has positioned us to be in spiritual authority over this place, right? We do not hold people's dreams in our hands, we don't hold people's callings in our hands. That is God's responsibility only. And so we are called to help steward, encourage, and to be able to invest in people's callings for the time that they're under you know, our covering. But we would never use that position to actually keep someone from doing what they feel that God's called them to do. And I think you know, this is so important as leaders that we love people well, but we don't ever equate you know, God's blessing and his favor on people's lives to our leadership, mm. right? That is, that's not our responsibility. We let God take care of all of that. Come on, that's so great. You know, we've been saying this in so many different ways all throughout this episode that that the church is made up of imperfect people. But Pastor Julie, you did remind us that there are markers of a healthy church that we can discern through the help of the Holy Spirit and through actions that this is a safe place for me to plant my life in. <laughs> and and I would say, Carissa, not just a healthy church, but a healthy small group, yeah. a healthy community. Right. So, you know, right. these are markers of all of that, yeah. right? So good. Such a great reminder. You know, and it's so important to know this, to know where you can plant a safe place to plant your life in a small group, to plant your life in a church. It's important because there are people where where their church hurt or their small group hurt or their hurt begins to affect their relationship with God mm-hmm. and even their theology. And there's a lot of talk online about this word deconstruction. <laughs> and we've got to go there. It's yeah. so important because, you know, it's it's big talk right now. It's a big buzzword. Right. And and for some of you actually listening, you might have never heard this word before. <laughs> this might be your first time hearing this word deconstruction. And so it's let's talk about what it is. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And and why is everybody talking about it? Why yeah. is it a buzzword? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a word. It's out there, right? So, you know, deconstruction really is this process of questioning and doubting and many times ultimately rejecting the Christian faith, right? So there's this process when people have been hurt and many other reasons too, that someone might begin deconstructing their faith. And the truth is that there are times that deconstruction is actually pretty important. We might have grown up with opinions and beliefs, or even if we've grown up in an oppressive environment, it's really important and healthy, especially for those who might have grown up in really strict, legalistic, religious environments to actually deconstruct some of their beliefs and really put them you know, in the light of God's Word. So deconstruction in, in and of itself is not 
a terrible thing, right? But it's when it leads us to the point where we deconstruct in a community that is not looking through the lens of the Word of God, mm. and we begin to question to the point where we where we choose to walk away from our faith. And you know, a lot of times the spaces that are having these conversations aren't always helpful, right? So there's a lot of online mm. communities unpacking church hurt, but like Lisa said earlier, this is this needs to be done in real community. But deconstruction can be so dangerous because it can lead you away from God's best. And I think it's really important that those who are in a vulnerable place where they've been hurt, that when you have been hurt, you are a target for the enemy. And we've said this before, God never intended you to live your life in isolation. And if you're constantly in this place where you are tearing down right, and deconstructing without ever coming to a conclusion and then beginning a new process. And this new process, what I would call reconstructing, right? Mm -hmm. It's important that, that as you deconstruct, it's a process that you actually turn the corner and you begin to reconstruct this, this process of, of processing the hurt, not ignoring it, but doing it in a way that honors and acknowledges the hurt. You're honoring yourself and your value by acknowledging the hurt, but then applying God's grace and His truth to it. And I believe that if we'll search the scriptures, what does God say about the church? What value does He place on community? And we and we begin to reconstruct our new mindset and our heart in a way that is going to, again, value ourselves and honor God, then we're going to find a new place where our faith can be solidified. Yeah. You know, I love what Jerome Gay says. He's a pastor who addresses church hurt as it deals with deconstruction of faith. And the three components are three concentric circles. One circle represents church hurt or abuse. One circle represents opposing ideologies. And the third circle is a disconnection from discipleship. So when your faith isn't growing. So these three circles coming together there's a deconstruction that happens mm-hmm. there. And that diagram resonated with me because I can see those three things in play with the two different kind of deconstructing experiences I've had. One, that they're deconstructing and their faith is growing stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the other, and they've had church hurt, very mm-hmm. conservative background. I'm thinking of a young lady in, in my mind right now. The other is that their deconstruction was related to church hurt, but the ideologies and views, maybe political views, other other views that come into that, that um, were differing, that they didn't understand, wasn't able to reconcile, but their faith, they actually stepped away from people of faith who could actually mm-hmm. intellectually help them process their wow. faith well. And so I just think it's all three of those things, and there's probably another diagram somewhere on the planet, but that mm-hmm. one resonated with me as far as it church hurt coming in with the construction of your faith. And so I love this quote from a a book that will be in the show notes, um, After Doubt, How to Question Your Faith Without Losing It. What underlines so much of this deconstruction is not a desire to deconstruct Christianity because the claims of Jesus are wrong. Rather, there's a deeper anger toward Christians. And this is so true. One young lady said, I love Jesus. I just don't love his people. Mm -hmm. And so that's a part like how we manage church hurt Mm -hmm. matters Mm -hmm. because it's a part of people stepping into this um, place. But then there's this ongoing responsibility. We as a church provide discipleship growth pathways Mm -hmm. that we do. We're we're always talking about that. I I know all the churches out there are Mm -hmm. talking about how do we help grow people, but this individual um, growing like 
Um, if you need to process your faith intellectually, find a pastor who's an apologetics guru and right. process that mm-hmm. out. You know, um, I love that. But theology wasn't meant to be studied hastily. It's like a process, a journey mm-hmm. that we're on. And you know, some of the biggest questions in life have been wrestled theologically over years. I'd read mm-hmm. some of Tozer's stuff, and I'm like, oh gosh, Tozer, he's and Bonhoeffer, these guys are like dealing with issues that we deal with today. And yeah. so it's it's a journey and it's okay that it is. So I just think those are a couple of things to keep in mind as we're talking about church hurt and deconstruction and then just our responsibility individually and our responsibility as a church. Great. It's great. Well, this has been pretty deep and real and honest, <laughs> but powerful and relevant. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad we had this conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would love just as we're wrapping up, what is one thing, we've said a lot of things, but what is one thing if somebody's listening to this that you would want to leave them with? Mm-hmm. Pastor Lisa, why don't you go first? Yes, I would say I would want to empower, encourage, get the courage to lead to the person who's hurt you, that you've been hurt by. Be humble, mm-hmm. be honest, be honoring, because you know that you're actually strengthening your own life and, and growth there, but you're strengthening the church. Yeah. And one of the things that I always do is I always get my one sentence that's going to help me start the conversation. Mm-hmm. And the truth is we can always come on common ground. Mm-hmm. Pastor Susie Watts, I just want you to know we want to be in u- unity. Mm-hmm. I want to be in unity with mm-hmm. you. My heart is to come humbly, literally say it, but I feel like there's tension. Can we work through that? Mm-hmm. Or there was a hurt that I had. Yeah. You know, it's like, what is your going phrase? Get it and feel encouraged to go go to a leader, go to church body, whoever that is, and know that you are helping build yourself. You know, you're strengthening discipling. It's a part of a discipleship process, and you're strengthening the church. It's great. All right, Pastor awesome. Julie, what would you leave with them? Okay, so whether you are the one that's been hurt, or maybe you're the one that did the hurting, mm-hmm. or maybe you're the one helping the hurting, whoever you are, I would just say, decide to be a reconstructor. Just make the decision that I'm going to be a reconstructor. And what I mean by that, there's a show on HGTV, I think it's called Save This House. And it's when someone tries to renovate their home and they've made it such a mess that they have to have somebody else come in and help them finish it, right? And then the end product is this beautiful, amazing house that they could have never dreamed possible. And that's what I think is actually available in community, in biblical community, is that, you know, is that you might have been hurt. And it seems like the church and everything that that the church represents is just a mess, right? But when you invite somebody else to come in and you invite the Holy Spirit to come in at the end of the day that together you can build something more beautiful, you're going to be stronger, the the church is going to be more beautiful, and the end product is something that you could have never done on your own, but by inviting others into the process and committing yourself to be a reconstructor, mm-hmm. that the end product is going to be a place that that is going to be more beautiful for other people too. So be a reconstructor. Love it. I love it. This conversation has been so rich, and I just want to commend both of you. This mm-hmm. is this is a sensitive topic, and you both um, are you have lived this out. This is not just words that you're like, yeah, this would be great, and you know, mm-hmm. but this is actually how you live. You guys mm-hmm. are reconstructors. Mm-hmm. You guys are committed to the body of Christ. You guys have hold empathy 
for those that have been hurt by the church. And I'm just grateful to have two leaders that have lived this out so beautifully. Well, thanks so much for joining us for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. We'll see you back on our next one. Thank you for joining us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, or leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.